We're super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made for you. And because it's almost summer, that means you need to upgrade your sunglasses game now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. My personal favorites are the Holbrooks, just a clean, classic look. Oakley even offers prism lens technology. What the hell is that, you ask? It's proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and do your research. While you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday sunglasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands and can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. Your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com live podcast. The finals are over. Miami loses. Denver wins. It's about all we need to say about that. The offseason is here. That is the important thing that happened tonight from the Lakers perspective. Of course, the offseason is officially here let's go this is the outcome i was hoping for if you listen to the front office show earlier today was really hoping that this thing would just be done we all knew at this point which direction the finals were going to go we knew what the outcome was going to be so get it done that way everybody can just move on and get into the offseason we are 10 days away from the nba draft we've got free agency starting up shortly after that we're going to have all kinds of trade rumors everything trickling out in fact we already started to see some of it today with the rumors about the pelicans trying to move up to the number two or three pick to try to get scoot henderson we also had a transaction take place with fred van vliet officially opting out of his contract we can talk about what that means for your los angeles lakers and if they should consider trying to pursue him in free agency it would probably have to be a sign and trade situation now but the bottom line now push that gas pedal all the way down no more just kind of coasting and waiting and waiting and waiting to really get going on the offseason now it's pedal to the metal the offseason is here you see the nba they don't like it when stuff comes out during the finals they don't like that that's why they're holding off or we're holding off on the John Morant news in terms of how many games is he going to be suspended for. They don't like things distracting from the finals. And a lot of people kind of play by those rules. Say, okay, you know what? We'll hold off. We're not going to get too into the offseason stuff. We won't talk about a bunch of trade news or anything like that. But that means that there's a lot of news out there that people have been sitting on and waiting for the finals to end. Now, now we can get into it. And I am thrilled this is going to be a huge offseason for the Lakers, as it always is. But the NBA offseason in general is such an amazing, amazing thing. I can't wait to dive into it. Before I start getting to your questions and comments, those of you joining me live over on YouTube, over on Facebook, over on Twitter, welcome in, of course. So excited to have you guys here. Before we get into all of our topics, though, I want to remind everybody, you've got a little bit, not a lot, a little bit of time left. Probably be about a week and a half or so left to submit your entries to join us in studio in Las Vegas. So if you're planning on going to Las Vegas for summer league, you're going to be there July 7th, July 8th. Those are the days we're going to do this. We're going to have 
at least one person come in and join us in studio. It's a professional recording studio on camera to be on this show at the win in Las Vegas at Blue Wire Studios. You can come join us, be part of our show, and hang out. We'll talk some Lakers basketball at Summer League in Las Vegas. So if you want to take part in that, if you want to have that opportunity, all you got to do is record a sample of yourself talking Lakers basketball. Email it to me, Trevor at MediumLargeLA.com. You can find that link in my Twitter profile as well at Trevor underscore Lane. Again, Trevor at MediumLargeLA.com. Shoot me that email of yourself talking a little bit of Lakers basketball. We'll pick. It's going to be at least one person that we're going to have join us in studio. So again, if you're already coming out for Summer League, you plan to be there in Las Vegas, great opportunity for you to be on the show, hang out with us in the studio. We'll go out to lunch and stuff like that afterwards. It's going to be a lot of fun. But again, clock is ticking, so get those entries in. We'll be making an announcement in a couple of weeks on who exactly is going to win that opportunity. All right, let me get into some of your questions and comments here. Um the LeBron James of feet said are miles Turner and buddy healed realistic targets. I would say buddy healed. Yes. Miles Turner. No. And, and the reason for that is, is simply this. I think that miles Turner on the contract that he's now on, which was a, a fantastic deal by the Pacers. They used the extra cap space. They were actually below the salary floor last year. So they had to spend the money no matter what. So they gave it all to miles Turner. Or most of it to miles Turner Last season, gave him a huge pay bump. He, he made like $35 million last season. And part of that meant that his this year, this coming year on his contract, and next season would be lower. So he's actually only making $21 million this next season, $20 million the season after that, and that's it. That's a great contract. I think the Pacers were a bit better than people expected last season. And if Tyrese Halliburton can stay healthy, I think they can make some noise. Um, so this is a team that I don't think is looking to continue to tank they're not looking to um, bottom out or anything like that and if they were all right it would make sense moving on from miles turner but he had a great season for them last year and i think at this point they'd rather just hang on to him now if the right offer came along i'm sure they'd listen but what are you going to have to offer up to get him now that he's on this really good cost controlled contract see when we were talking miles turner and buddy heel trades last year that was when turner was an expiring contract and the sense was Unless the Pacers are going to sign him to a new deal, they have to trade him. And so that was a factor in the price. Uh, Buddy Heald, though, he'll be on an expiring contract. He's not necessarily a long-term fit for the Pacers. He'll make, I believe, $19 million next season. So I think he's a realistic target. We've talked a lot about, do you do like a Malik Beasley and 17 in exchange for Buddy Heald? And I want to say the Pacers have 26 or 27. So you move back in the draft and you pick up Buddy Heald, do you want to do something like that? Uh, maybe that's a trade the Lakers could look at, but I think Buddy Heald is a much more realistic trade target in terms of the Pacers' willingness to trade the player away. Uh, Ree said, I know Fred Van Vliet is not an option. Well, that's not necessarily true, uh, but who would you rather have, Chris Paul or him? And glad these finals are over. So boring. And Mike Malone, mad we're talking about Lakers. Yeah, I mean, look, again, Mike Malone, he's probably upset, Michael. Sorry, probably upset about the lack of respect. But you know what? Look, I, I it was all shtick. All the stuff that, that, he, that Malone was saying, it was all trying to keep a chip on the shoulder of his team, which was the one seed. They were the favorites. They were the fairly heavy favorites throughout the playoffs. And But you've got to keep that chip on their shoulder. You can't have them going in thinking, oh, we're the best. 
No, you have to have them thinking everybody doubts us. Everybody's against us. It's us against the world so that they'll stay locked in and focused. That's what that was about more than anything else. But nonetheless, uh, Fred Van Lee, not an option. Um, that's not necessarily true. He's not as much. It would be easier for the Lakers to trade for him had he picked up his player option. It was about $22 million for next season. He declined that, which means he has to sign a new contract now. So unless the Lakers do something drastic and clear cap space, which I'm not expecting them to do, now it has to be a sign-and-trade. The only way that you're going to get Fred VanVleet now is a sign-and-trade, which is very tricky, not easy to pull off. And so I think it's unlikely that they get Fred VanVleet, but, but it's not impossible either you could potentially do a double sign and trade with d'angelo russell just like we've talked about a double sign and trade for kyrie irving again not likely not saying it's going to happen don't hold your breath but not impossible also in fact i think there's going to be a number of contending teams trying to do a sign and trade deal with the raptors the downside to doing a sign and trade and receiving a player is that it triggers a hard cap but if you watch the first ideal offseason video that i did for lakers nation you'll see that i triggered a hard cap in that roster build, I used the mid-level exception and I used the biannual exception. I triggered the hard cap at 169 million. It wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't because, well, you still had room to make some moves and do some things. It was restrictive in a way. Like I, I couldn't find the space to bring back Lonnie Walker. And so that was unfortunate, but, uh, but you can still do it. You can still do it. So the Lakers could accept a player and sign and trade. There might just be some consequences. Maybe they don't have enough to use their full mid-level exception if you trigger that hard cap at $169 million, depending on how much Fred VanVleet makes. That's the, that's the factor here, too. If I'm Fred VanVleet's agent, though, I'm 100% telling him to opt out of that player option. He's going to be 30 next season, get a secure long-term deal right now while you can. Um, I think that's the, the absolute correct move for him, even though it does make it less likely the Lakers could get him. Um, that said... Who would you rather have, Chris Paul or him? Oh, Fred VanVleet by a lot. Yeah, Fred VanVleet, no question. Very easy decision to make there. Um, he's just he's significantly younger. He's got way more spring in his step. And yeah, I, I think you definitely, definitely go Fred VanVleet with that. And, and again, I like Chris Paul, but yeah, not close. Not close there on that one. Jay Noel said... Austin Ubre for Beasley, LeBron, AD, Wiseman for 17th pick. What am I reading here? Austin and Ubre for Beasley. Are we talking Austin Reeves? Who are we talking about there? What is happening? LeBron, AD, Wiseman? I'm I'm very confused by this one. I'm confused. I'm gonna I don't know what this one's asking. So I'll move on to that because I, I am very confused at what the what that comment was asking for there. Um let's see. Let's get into Sheesh. Doesn't it feel like they were kind of destined to win the last three years? The nuggets were tough. We ran into a buzzsaw we weren't prepared for. Uh yeah, it, it did seem like it felt like when you watch the Nuggets play, all the big moments where the opposing team was going to go on a run, the Nuggets just had an answer for it. You even look tonight, right, at the end of, this game, at the end of the game. Um, Denver had a, a badly missed shot. I think it was an air ball. And 
lo, lo and behold, there's Bruce Brown gets the rebound and puts it back up and in on the offensive glass. Just like all the big moments like that, the, the little moments that are big, that really are important and really matter. Denver just seemed to win those moments all throughout the postseason. And their shot making was absolutely incredible. They just shot the hell out of the ball the entire playoffs. And, uh, and so give them credit. Yeah, they were, they were great. And they, you know, they, they forged their path, right? They had to deal with adversity through the postseason in order to ultimately get there and get it done. And sometimes that's the path you have to take. You have to experience that heartbreak in order to eventually get to the point where you ascend to the top of the mountain. And that's where the Nuggets are currently. Jay said, congrats, Nuggets. We should have never let KCP go. Yep, 100%. A reminder as we talk trades, D'Lo and next season, you never know what you have until it's gone. Uh, isn't that an 80s song? Don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah, but yes, uh, you're right. And sometimes we can become prisoners of the moment. Sometimes we can assume that a player is what we've seen them do most recently and that that's what they're going to be moving forward. So that's always the danger, right? We would get, when Contavious Caldwell Pope was a Laker, he had moments where he went on cold streaks where it would be a month or more where he would just shoot really poorly. And a lot of his value is tied to his shooting. He would also have stretches where he'd shoot great. Um, some of that is just kind of the, the natural ebbs and flows of, of shooting percentages. But nonetheless, when he was shooting poorly, people would be all over his case. Let's trade this guy, get rid of him. And then it, he comes back around. So D'Angelo Russell is definitely kind of at the, we're riding the roller coaster. He's at the low point of the roller coaster right now. But I think it's also easy to forget that a month ago, people were talking about, oh my gosh, can we? what can we do to keep D'Angelo Russell? We have to keep this guy. He must be re-signed. And now I've got people saying, just let him walk. We don't even want him. Get this guy out of here. Because and He was that bad in the Western Conference Finals. He was awful. Awful. But that doesn't necessarily mean we should just forget about what he did leading up to that. That's my take on D'Angelo Russell. It's that I think we go too far. And if you just assume that he's this terrible player that we saw in the Western Conference Finals, and that's just who he is now, I think you are being too much a prisoner of the moment. Now, that doesn't mean that moving him is not the correct decision. Depends on what that move is. But I don't think you can look at D'Angelo Russell and just say, nope, oh, that's it. He's dead to me. Let him go. He's gone. Uh, Davion Nelson said, and D'Lo did shoot extremely well for the Lakers leading into the postseason. That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, Davion Nelson said, I'm not so big on Nas Reed. Nas Reed, I prefer Christian Wood. So that's two very different things. Two very different things, right? If you're getting Nas Reed, who we know has some support, um, could be a target for the Lakers. We've, I've heard that. But Nas Reed is going to do more work on the glass. He's going to do more work defensively. Christian Wood is a much more polished offensive player. So it really depends on what you're looking at. You know, I think it was um, Keith Smith on the front office show with me the other day, who, and I think this is a really good way to characterize Christian Wood. Like we talk a lot about the sixth man who can be that super scorer, um, like a Lou Williams, a Jamal Crawford. Those are the typical archetype. Uh, now we've got... Uh, our old friend Jordan Clarkson, even though he started another number of games for Utah, but that type of player, Christian Wood, maybe his best role is that, but as a big, that might be, that might be him. 
That might be his best role is just because he's not very good defensively. And he's kind of stuck between positions where not really a center, but he's not really a four either. He just he doesn't have enough weight on him. Um, super long limbs. I've for a long time, I've wanted to see him next to Anthony Davis to kind of see what that would look like. So I'm intrigued by it, but his best role may indeed be that kind of scoring big coming off the bench. And I don't know that that is exactly what the Lakers need. I thought he was going to be a great fit in Dallas and there were moments where he looked like it, but then there were a lot of moments where he didn't. And then Dallas moved him to the bench and that's for a reason. So I'm a little bit more wary of Christian Wood than I was say last summer. That said, I, I still think there's some some upside. There's some upside to putting him next to AD with his floor spacing ability. But if the goal is to remove the bruising, pounding center minutes from Anthony Davis, or at least some of them, does Christian Wood accomplish that goal? Is he the guy that you're going to put on a Jokic, on an Embiid, on a Yusuf Nurkic, on a Valanciunas? I mean, you can, but you're probably better off putting a Nas Reed against those guys. Um, who's just simply a sturdier player. Um, so all of that kind of has to go into your evaluation of who would you rather have, Nas Reed or Christian Wood, but both are going to be kind of in that same realm, I think, where they're mid-level exception guys, mid-level exception guys that you could potentially grab. And I think the Lakers are indeed going to be in the market for another big. And so I think they're going to get somebody. Maybe it'll be Nas Reed, maybe it'll be Christian Wood, maybe it'll be uh, Mason Plumlee, you know, we'll see. We'll see who it's ultimately going to be. But yeah, Christian Wood, I like him. I like him. The question is, what is it you're trying to accomplish by getting him? Like, I think if you get Christian Wood, you have to get another big. You have to get another guy that can handle the physicality of the center position and use Wood more as kind of a fourth big man. And I don't know if you need that necessarily for the Lakers. Alex said, we definitely need to keep Rui and Austin. Agreed? I, and I don't see either guy leaving. I think Austin, I'm very confident, is going to stay. Um, Rui, I, I don't see the Lakers letting him go either. Both guys are restricted. Remember, for both Rui and Austin, the Lakers would have to make the conscious choice to let these guys walk away for another team to come in and take those guys. So I, I'm fairly certain we're going to see both guys back in a Lakers uniform next season. All right, this question says, I know it won't happen, but what moves would the Lakers make if LeBron retires? Ooh, so the challenge is if LeBron just straight retires, his money actually stays on the books. Because what the NBA was afraid of was that players would retire and then unretire, and a team would go spend money after the player retires, then the player would unretire and come back, and you'd have a mess on your hands. So his money would technically stay on the books for the Lakers. Now, you're obviously not paying a player to not play games, but it doesn't mean that you free up your cap space. So um, his player option would essentially be declined for next summer. So what moves would the Lakers make? It would be an organizational shift. It would be a shift in terms of, okay, now we either start to rebuild, and that means we start listening to Anthony Davis trade opportunities and things of that nature, um, you have to remember they're either 2024 or 2025 pick goes to the Pelicans. The Pelicans can pick which one they want. So if the Pelicans are trying to move up to number two or number three to get Scoot, and let's say a couple days before the draft, LeBron says, nope, that's it. I'm really, I'm done. I'm out. I'm retiring. That Lakers pick would become significantly more valuable and the Pelicans could maybe get Scoot or someone like that. But again, I don't think that's what 
is going to happen. So what moves could the Lakers make? Not It's not like they would suddenly have a bunch of money to go play with. Um, it would be kind of a resetting and they'd have to figure out, do we want to build around AD or do we want to bottom this thing out, take our lumps either this year or next year with the draft pick and then figure it out from there. Not a, not ideal for sure. Not ideal. If you're a Lakers fan, you do not want LeBron to retire right now. That's for sure. Uh, Mustafa Doty said, Trevor, this summer is going to be crazy. Dame to LA or Kyrie more realistic. I prefer an upgraded player to replace Russell, Brooke Lopez, Buddy, Seth, Nas. Oh, man. Um, Dame or Kyrie more realistic? I mean, I would say Kyrie more realistic, but it's kind of in the realm of like, what's more realistic? I'm going to walk outside and see a leprechaun or see a unicorn. Right? Like, neither one is is likely at all. Um so I, I do think Kyrie's more realistic because Kyrie, we at least know, wants to play with LeBron. That's a thing. Um, there was all obviously the buzz about getting LeBron to Dallas and all that. That was a lot of trying to kind of stick it to the Lakers a little bit. But um, Kyrie at least wants to go play with LeBron. So we know that there's a link there. No question. Damian Lillard, I mean, he had some comments the other day when he was on a podcast where he was not happy with how the Lakers treated Russell Westbrook. Um, saying they've got a you know a, a Hall of Famer coming off the bench and all that, and it, it's a little bit ironic, hypocritical perhaps, because Carmelo Anthony was a Portland Trailblazer and they had him coming off the bench despite him being a Hall of Famer and everything. But nonetheless, um, Portland isn't going to give Dame to the Lakers. I, I think what Portland is going to do is they're going to trade the number three pick and they're going to do everything they can to build a team right now around Lillard, and Lillard will not be on the trade market. It's possible they go the other way. They're going to do one or the other. They're not going to keep the pick and Lillard. So if they decide they're going to keep the pick, Damian Lillard's going to go on the trade market. They're not going to give him to the Lakers, though. Portland fans would be beyond upset if the Blazers did a trade with the Lakers to give them their greatest Blazer of all time. That's not going to happen. So Kyrie to the Lakers is the more likely thing, but neither is, is likely at all. As far as an upgrade to replace... D'Angelo Russell, he's listed Brooke Lopez, Buddy Heald, Seth Curry, Nas Reed. I don't think you can get Brooke Lopez with a full mid-level exception offer. If Maybe I'm wrong, and that does get him, but I think he's going to get somewhere in the $15 million range, maybe as high as 20, which the Lakers can't get there. So I don't think they get Brooke Lopez, but stranger things, I guess, have happened. They're not that far out of the ballpark, uh, but I would not be expecting that. Uh, Buddy Heald, sure, if you can trade for him. Seth Curry, sure, again, he'll be a free agent, but you've got to uh, have enough money to go get him. I don't know what that's going to look like. He's making, what, like $9 million, $8 million, something like that. Can you get there? Ideally, without having to use your mid-level exception to do it, maybe you have to. Uh, Nas Reed, I, I think, is a very realistic option for the Lakers to pursue. He's young, still 23 years old, has done some nice things as a backup for the Wolves, and I like that he's not a guy that would come in expecting 35 minutes a night. So that means that you could still run your AD at the five minutes while having a legitimate option at the center position to put next to AD in a bigger lineup. That's something the Lakers never really had. And part of that, I blame the coaching staff for, right? Because Thomas Bryant can shoot the three. In theory, would have fit next to Anthony Davis on the offensive end. We never got to see it, really. Um, Mobamba can shoot the three. In theory, would have fit next to Anthony Davis on the offensive end. Never got to see it. 
the coaching staff had opportunities to try that bigger lineup and we never got to see it. And so that was certainly frustrating. And so that's the first hurdle to clear. Hey, a Rob Palenka conversation with Darvin. Look, if we go get you a big that can shoot threes, there's not a lot of them. If you go look at the center position and you look at how many centers actually hit threes in today's NBA, there's not a lot, right? And most of them get paid a lot. They're the top tier guys. So finding a guy that's in your price range is very, very difficult. But nonetheless, if Rob goes to Darvin and says, hey, if we get one of these guys, are you going to play them? Are you going to put this guy on the floor with AD or are we going to go right back to Anthony Davis as a center 100% of the time? That's the discussion that has to be had first. You have to know the coaching staff is willing to do that. And then you go from there. Then you build out your roster. And I do think getting a big that can shoot the three would be extremely beneficial for this Lakers team moving forward. Um, but again, they had the chance to do that this season. Didn't take advantage of it. We're super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. They are suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self, an expression of your personality. They're more than meets the eye, but also, therefore, the athletes. Do you run? Do you golf? Do you train? You want to look like your favorite athlete? Guys like Lamar Jackson, Debo Samuel, Aaron Jones, the backbone of my dynasty team, Justin Jefferson? Well, then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakley's today and listen up because it's officially almost summer which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair today personally i love the holbrook sunglasses just a very classic look and comfortable fit for wearing around town every single day and Oakley even offers prism lens technology. What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to more, know more? I know you do. So head over to oakley.com and do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday sunglasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to Oakley.com for more information today. LeBron James a feat. Somewhere D'Lo's still getting his shots up after the game. I hope he's getting shots up, but uh, yeah. Look, it's to some degree, I know a lot of people are mad at D'Angelo Russell, and it's interesting how polarizing he is to Lakers fans right now. Just seeing the response on social media, I see a lot of, we should bring him back, but I also see more of, let this guy go or sign and trade him is what I see a lot of. But part of me also feels bad for D'Angelo Russell because really you look at his situation, right? He's a young player. He's with the Lakers. He gets selected to be the guy. And a couple of seasons later, he's gone. The Lakers select another guy to be the guy. They, they select Lonzo Ball right? Take his job. And they send him to the Nets. The Nets give him a new contract, but really just give him a contract so that they can flip him for Kevin Durant, right? Because that's what they want. It's Kevin Durant. Not that they want. So the Lakers decide, we don't want D'Lo. We're going to send him to the Nets. The Nets decide, well, we don't really, and he was an all-star with the Nets. We don't really want D'Lo that much. We'd rather turn him into Kevin Durant. Certainly defensive, by the way. KD is incredible. So then the Warriors get D'Lo, but they didn't get D'Angelo Russell because they wanted D'Angelo Russell. They got D'Angelo Russell because if they lost Kevin Durant for nothing and it wasn't a sign-in trade, then they wouldn't be able to preserve that salary slot in a future trade. 
it wasn't that they thought, hey, D'Angelo Russell is the guy that's going to put us over the top. Let's commit to him. Let's make sure he becomes an incredible player in our system. No, they just didn't want to lose the salary slot. So they get D'Angelo Russell. What do they do? They turn around. They trade him to Minnesota, right? Well, at least he's going to be with his friend, Carl Anthony Towns. Minnesota gets him. Is he a starter? Is he not? He's benched for part of the playoffs. Things get a little bit iffy. They bring in Gobert. He's arguing with Gobert. Minnesota trades him. All these stops, D'Angelo Russell has yet to find a place that says, you're our guy. We're going to commit to you. You're our guy for a reason. We want you to be our guy. He's yet to really have that in, in the NBA. And so that's kind of unfortunate, right? Kind of sad. But at the same time, you say, well, what is it about D'Angelo Russell that has caused all these teams to move on from him. Is there a reason for this? And does it have something to do with Delo's either personality, his play on the floor? What's the reason for all of this? Um, or is it just happenstance and he's been the wrong person at the wrong place at the wrong time? I still think he's a talented basketball player. Is he the best fit? Questionable. Offensively, I think he can be a fit. Defensively, no. But D'Angelo Russell... This offseason for him is going to be fascinating because I look at the teams that have cap space and I don't see a lot of landing spots. I don't see a lot of landing spots for D'Angelo Russell. Now, maybe Orlando, but Orlando is going to be kind of plan B, I think, for D'Lo. If like, like from Orlando's perspective, if they can't get Fred Van Vliet, maybe they go for D'Lo, maybe. And that, maybe Utah, maybe. Most of the teams that have cap space don't need D'Angelo Russell. And so if you see like Orlando comes off the board as a destination for a point guard, if Utah comes off the board as a destination for a point guard, the landing spots dry up real quick. And so then the question for D'Angelo Russell may come down to, do I want to take a mid-level exception from somewhere? Or do I want to play for the Lakers? Who can offer me more money? And how much is that more money? Remember, he made $30 million last season. But did he make $30 million because he's really worth $30 million? He made $30 million mostly because that salary was needed to match Kevin Durant in that trade. Um, I don't know what he gets. I don't know what he gets this season. He's going to take a pay cut for sure. And does he come back to the Lakers? And then that brings us back into the Fred Van Bleet discussion. Would you rather have D'Angelo Russell at $18 million? What if it costs $28 million to get Fred Van Bleet? And you can get him in a sign and trade, clutch sports client. Would you rather have Fred Van Vliet at 28 million or D'Angelo Russell at 18? What do you do? That's something the Lakers may have to decide on. But again, that's a big part of this offseason and how fascinating it's going to be. How do all these markets play out? All right. William said, How likely is a Caruso or Clarkson reunion? Um, that is interesting. Caruso, I think, would be easier. He's only making $9 million, um, so it's pretty easy to get there salary-wise to make that happen. Jordan Clarkson, um, so there's a lot of guys who have options. I believe he's one of them. I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. There's a lot of guys who have options, and these are going to, um, a lot of these are going to be announced over the next week and a half, two weeks. Now, we had the Fred Van Vliet one today. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. is going to come up by the 20th. 
Uh, Jordan Clarkson, yeah, has a player option next season for $4.3 million, essentially. If I was his agent, I would be advising him to opt out of that and hit the market. It's a very, very um, shallow market. There's just not a lot out there, not a lot of players out there in free agency. So I'd be advising him at 31 years old, go try to find a long-term deal somewhere and uh, and lock in some of that, that long-term money. And particularly because he had a pretty good season. So he's if you could get him for maybe the mid-level exception, you could do something like that. But again, if I'm the Lakers... I, a scoring guard whose best role is probably as a six man is not what I'm prioritizing. I think he'd be a fine value, but that's not my prior, my priority. If I'm the Lakers just going getting Jordan Clarkson Caruso is interesting because he can be so good defensively for you, but, um, and he's under contract for two, for just two more years. So I think Caruso is the more likely, but Clarkson wouldn't be out of the question either. Julian Rojas, I appreciate the super chat, said, what do you think of a Grayson Allen fit on this team? You know, I'm not upset with that. Um, he's not a guy that's a fan favorite for sure, but, you know, he could could wind up getting a look um, from the Lakers. I, the, the rest of the comment says, if we trade for Robinson, like in your video, there's almost no room for Vando, because LeBron will be playing a lot of small forward. We package Malik and Vando for Allen. What do you think? I wouldn't give up that much to get Grayson Allen. I know he's a shooter, but I'd rather see them go somewhere else um, than Grayson Allen for if I've got to give up Jared Vanderbilt. Now, you are right in the... So one of the ideal offseason videos that I did, the most recent one, I said the Lakers are going to cash in the 17th pick. And if I'm going to cash in the 17th pick, I need somebody who can be a starting caliber player. That's my requirement. That's the bar you have to clear. And I'm looking for a big who can play next to Anthony Davis. Now, finding that guy that can shoot threes, that's that's tough. That's very difficult to find a big that can shoot the three and play next to Anthony Davis, uh, particularly because I think you need a floor space and big on the offensive end. So I said, okay, if I can't find a big that shoots threes, can I find a guy who can be dominant on the glass, who can be dominant protecting the rim, who can do those things so well that... It takes that burden off of Anthony Davis that maybe it's just worth it to bite the bullet and deal with, say, 10 minutes, 15 minutes a night of the overlap there. And then you try to surround them with as much shooting as possible, try to get AD to stretch out to at least the corner three, and then go from there. And Mitchell Robinson was the guy that I landed upon. Still a young player, can be an absolutely dominant force on the glass, incredible shot blocker. So you're right, though. If you do have AD and Mitchell Robinson, that naturally is going to push AD to the four more, which is going to push uh, Vanderbilt's minutes out, particularly assuming they bring back Rui Hachimura. So yeah, it does make Vanderbilt a little more expendable, but I still think if you want to win, you're going to need him. You're going to need him. And he's just 24 years old. Like if Jared Vanderbilt can develop a corner three, if he can just get the 35% from the corner three, he becomes infinitely more playable. If teams can't ignore him when he's standing out there at the corner three, it changes so much. Because you look at what he did to Luka this year. You look at what he did to some of the, some of the top scorers defensively. That's a real, legit skill set that you need if you're going to go anywhere in, in today's NBA. I think he really can be one of the best defensive players in the league, period. And so I'm not giving him up just to get a rotation shooter. I'm not doing that. I'd rather hang on to Vando, particularly at the, at the cost this year. Larry Rudolph, 
said expecting the John Morant news tomorrow. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't shock me if we get it tomorrow. Um, we've all been kind of waiting on it. I think they are going to, uh, I think it's going to be a fairly lengthy suspension for John Morant. I'm thinking 30 plus games, but we'll see. We'll see uh, exactly when that, that comes down. Wouldn't shock me if it's tomorrow. Again, Adam Silver didn't want to reveal it during the finals. Now the finals are over. What they're not going to do is reveal it like during the Nuggets parade. Whenever the, the Nuggets are going to have their parade, they're not going to reveal it then. But tomorrow may, may make sense. Tomorrow may make sense. So, yeah, wouldn't shock me if it winds up being tomorrow uh, that we find out what's going to happen with John Morant. And then what does that mean for the Grizzlies and their offseason plans? What does that change? Remember the West? The West looks ridiculous. It was ridiculous this year. It was a dogfight. It's going to be even crazier next year. If Houston gets James Harden, the Spurs are getting Weminyama. I mean, it's going to be brutal in the Western Conference next year. And that's part of why I don't think you can build a team specifically to take out Denver. I don't think you can look at this Lakers team and say, okay, all we have to worry about is taking out Denver, build a roster specifically to deal with them. I, I don't think that's the way to do it. Denver was great this postseason. But we've had, what, five different championships champions the last five years? There's a lot of parity right now. And so if you build a team specifically to take out Denver, there's no guarantee Denver's going to be the team you're dealing with. I don't think you necessarily can do that, uh, particularly in the West, the way the West is structured right now, how insanely packed it's going to be. Robert Gonzalez said, thoughts on Isaiah Joe from OKC. So... I like him a lot. I like his shooting. It feels like every time he shoots the ball, it's going in. Like every time he shoots the ball, it's going in. But here's the thing. He is under contract next year for less than $2 million. It's non-guaranteed. Why would OKC not guarantee that? So you'd have to offer them something in a trade. Are you willing to give significant value to get Isaiah Joe? I, look, I, I like him a lot, but I don't know if he's a guy that you necessarily target, a guy that you necessarily go after. Now, he did shoot 41% from three this season. That's what you need. But, like, what are you really willing to give up for him? How much are you willing to... Are you willing to go to the 17th pick? I'm not. But is a second rounder enough to get OKC to bite? No, probably not. And why do they need any more picks? They're, they're consolidating picks right now because they have too many. So what are you willing to give up to get him? Like, sure, his fit would be nice because he can shoot the three that well. But he's an awkward player to try to trade for. His salary is very small. That makes it tough to make a deal work logistically. And then how much are you really willing to give up to get him? That's something that's important. The Lakers would have to really think about if you're going to try to make a deal for him. All right. Let's see what else we've got here. Oh, I've got people asking about going after Royce O'Neal. So I wouldn't mind seeing the Lakers trade back in the draft, depending on how the draft plays out. By the way, this is, we are, what, 10 days away from draft day? How this draft unfolds is going to be fascinating. I think the Lakers have a, are going to have a lot of options at 17. Could be very good. I've got my favorites. Everybody's got their guys that they're hoping that are still there. But I think the bottom line is that no matter what, somebody good is going to be there 
at 17 for the Lakers to pick. And I trust their scouting department completely to find the right players. Remember, they're going to have pick 47 as well to play with. But I do wonder if, depending on how the tiers break down and what the Lakers' own big board really looks like, if they might take advantage of an opportunity to trade down, or could they go the other way? What if there's an opportunity to trade up? I don't know what it would cost to do it, but what if you could get, what if you, like, it feels like every pick in the lottery, aside from number one, is available for trade. What if you could move up and get Case and Wallace? Would you do that? What's the cost to do so, right? What if you could move up and you could get, uh, what if you could get Jordan Hawkins? If you knew he was going to go a couple picks before yours, what would you pay to move up a couple spots? Something that's that's interesting to consider. We talk a lot about the Lakers moving back. What would it cost to move up? Again, it feels like pretty much every pick right now is available. Uh, Breezy said, what are your thoughts on DeJounte Murray? So I was talking about this earlier today and the thing that, that kills me in all of this, right? We look at the new CBA and I've got a lot of people that are saying, oh, just go get DeJounte Murray from the Hawks. And I had somebody even sent me a trade proposal that was like 17 Beasley, Bamba, and a future second for DeJounte Murray. A year ago, the Hawks gave up, what was it, three firsts to get DeJounte Murray? If they turned around a year later and flipped him for the kind of return that the Lakers could offer, their fans would lose their minds, and rightfully so. I don't think the Hawks are just selling off DeJounte Murray or Trey Young. Um, they may have some tough decisions to make. John Collins probably is more available now than ever. I was ex- I've was i been expecting a John Collins trade for the last two seasons. But John Collins becomes even more available now than ever. He's got a long-term salary, so I don't know if you want to take that on the books. I'm not saying he's a fit for the Lakers. I'm saying if I'm the Hawks, I'm not selling DeJounte Murray for pennies on the dollar right now or Trey Young. I'm trying to make moves with other guys because, again, how awful does it look if you turn around and trade DeJounte Murray for way less than what you paid to get him just a year ago, that's not a position that the Hawks are going to want to be in. Uh, this comment says, D'Lo has been loading for the past eight years. He has his moments. Again, the guy shot 41% from three, averaged over 17% per, per game, or 17 points per game, over six assists per game for the Lakers this season. That's what he averaged. That's really damn good. And there were games where if you didn't have his shooting, you didn't have his scoring, you're not winning that game. Recency bias, though, says that none of that matters because he disappeared in the Western Conference Finals. And I get it. Look, that's been a concern about him in the playoffs and in the postseason. But I don't think you can look at D'Angelo Russell and just say, oh, this is just a trash player. And just this is these four games in the West. That's simply what he is. We saw a very different version of D'Angelo Russell through most of the season, and I get it. He rubbed people the wrong way with his comments in the post game or in his uh, exit inter- interview where he's talking about how successful the season was and um, how uh, how happy he was and, and all of that. I get it. That doesn't sound great when you're coming off of a terrible performance and when he said you know, he his only regret was that some of his shots didn't go in. It's not really what you want to hear. Right when you're a Lakers fan and this guy was awful and had to get benched and, and he's supposed to be one of your, your big-time scorers and everything, that's not really what you want to hear. I understand that. 
So there's reason for people to be upset with him, but I just don't think you can completely overlook all the positives that he had over the course of the season because of one bad series. Not that you can sweep that series under the rug either, though. You have to factor that into your decision-making. I just don't think it's fair to completely ignore everything else he did and only focus on that series. Uh, Larry, uh, Jay was trying to say Beasley traded for Kelly Oubre. Okay, I got it. Mo Bamba in the 17th pick traded for James Wiseman. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm doing that if I'm Detroit. They may have found something with Wiseman. Maybe that's enough to get him, but uh, again, you got to pick up that team option. Christian Wood, six man off the bench. Cam Reddish in a Lonnie Walker type role. So Cam Reddish, you'd have to assume at this point would be a minimum. You know, I don't hate any of those moves individually. Um, isn't Ubre coming up on a contract here? He's not a guy we talk a lot about, but let's see. Kelly Ubre, yep, he's a free agent. He's a free agent. So we'd be talking double sign and trade there. Or, or at least a sign and trade to send Ubre to the Lakers. If you want to do a trade, you're probably better off just signing him for like your mid-level exception or something like that. If you really like Kelly Ubre, who was injured for for a chunk of the season, um, so that first bit Beasley for Kelly Ubre, I don't think that makes a lot of sense. Mobamba in 17 for James Wiseman. Sure, if you want to take a gamble on somebody that he could have some upside. There were some moments he looked good for the Pistons, but again, I, like if I'm Detroit. If I think there's that much potential in Wiseman, I probably just stick with Wiseman. Uh, Wood is the sixth man off the bench. If you're willing to give your mid-level, you could maybe get him for that. And then Cam Reddish and Lonnie Walker top type role. Sure. Yeah, sure. Personally, I'd rather keep Lonnie if I can. But if it's I can't afford to pay Lonnie $7 million, I can give Cam Reddish a better a minimum. I understand that. But thank you for the clarification there, Larry. I appreciate it because I was having trouble figuring that one out. We need to talk real quick about uh, a couple of our sponsors. We've got Game Time. You know, look, the, the ticket buying experience can be insanely stressful. And me, I'm always worried about getting the best deal. Uh, when you browse, though, with, with Game Time, you can make sure that you're getting the best price on your tickets guaranteed. It's an absolutely phenomenal way to make sure that you are getting the best deal that you possibly can. It's a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. All you have to do is look through the Game Time app. You can find events in your area. You can check out images of the seats and everything. And the lowest price guarantee is there to protect you. Uh, you can forget about planning months in advance. You can even do it the day of. So if you suddenly find yourself with an evening free, jump on a Game Time, find a great deal, grab it, and go, you can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, baseball, basketball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And again, that guarantee, make sure you're going to get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's how confident they are. That it is going to be the best deal you can possibly find. You can snag tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our code LakersNation. For $20 off your first purchase, terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LakersNation for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And I do want to give a shout out to our newest sponsor, and that is Bird Dogs. Bird Dog shorts and pants. They are absolutely phenomenal. It's all about 
the Comfort. They're designed to give a slimmer fit through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted fit. Uh, they fit way better than regular shorts, and I have tried them myself. I've got bird dog shorts, and they are absolutely fantastic. They are uh, they're not made of like a, a stiff and, and restricting cotton like most shorts are. They're just they feel like like they feel cool on your skin, if I can describe that, which is perfect for summertime. Uh, they also are, are stretchy to give you a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice any kind of movement. And they use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So go to birddogs.com slash pool and enter your promo code pool for a free yeti style tumbler with your order you should check out the tumbler it is very very cool that's birddogs.com slash pool for a free yeti style tumbler you won't want to take your bird dogs off we can promise you that uh, how can players opt out of the draft to join, join specific teams like austin reeves did i mean what keeps upper tier draftees from doing the same okay so good question there's nothing that it's not like Austin Reeves specifically said, you know, if you draft me that, well, he can't make the decision truly, right? If it was the Pistons, by the way, who wanted to draft him in the second round and the Pistons, I believe wanted to sign him to a two-way contract, something like that. And he told them, I, we would prefer you not draft us, prefer you not draft me there. Um, I'd rather go undrafted. And so the Pistons said, okay, all right, we're, you know, we're not going to force you. If you don't want to be on a two-way contract with us, um, that's fine, right? And technically, Austin, you know, he could threaten to go play overseas or something like that. But um, but for a second-round pick, most teams, they're not going to fight. They're not going to bother fighting, right? If it's a number one pick, if it's a, a lottery pick or something, and the guy says, well, hey, if you pick me, I'm just going to go overseas, some teams will say, you're not going to strong-arm on us. We want you. We're going to pick you. We have your rights. That's it. So it's not like anybody can just say, nope, I don't want to get drafted. Don't draft me. I'm out. But in the second round, they're, they're not offering him like a full contract. They're going to offer him like a, a two-way contract or something like that, maybe. And Austin's going to make the decision. Okay. And I, by the way, I'm, I may be misremembering that a two-way was going to be in there. I don't recall the exact details. But in this case, Austin had a little bit more leverage because he would just be a second-round pick. It was like a mid to late second round pick anyway. And so you could kind of tell Detroit, hey, you know, we'd, we'd prefer not to get drafted here. And uh, I'd like to go somewhere else. That's where you have a little bit of wiggle room. Like a lottery pick isn't going to be able to do this, right? So that's why upper tier draftees are not going to be able to do the same thing because he was a second round pick and it's not like he was going to have a... a full contract he doesn't have a built-in salary structure with being a second round pick in terms of he's got like five years or something like that under contract second round picks aren't that way so that's that's why and by the way that's always part of the fun too is after the draft so june 22nd is the draft as soon as the draft ends get ready get ready because as soon as the draft ends you're going to start getting a bunch of notifications Woj, shams boom 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 all the guys that went undrafted they're gonna you're gonna get as soon as the draft ends, it's going to be instantly. This player agrees with this team. This player agrees with that team. We had Austin Reeves agrees with the Lakers a few years ago. Uh, Cole Swider this last year. Uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. this last year. So the reason for that is a lot of these guys have agreements ahead of time. 
hey, if I go undrafted, I'm I want to come sign with you. And then that gets you an invite into summer league. You play well, you can parlay that into a training camp invite and then get into the team that way. So a lot of the guys will have deals ahead of time. If we go undrafted, this is where I'm going to go. And so that's why as soon as the draft ends, you'll get this flurry of activity. Some of the names you won't have heard of, but a flurry of activity of player X signs with this team. And that's the guys who went undrafted who have agreements ahead of time to join specific clubs should they go undrafted. Uh, Robert Gonzalez. Oh, okay. I already did that one on Isaiah Joe. Vector Nova. Instead of moving up or down, is it possible of getting uh, getting more than our two picks? Like go to lottery teams that have more picks than roster spots. I'm pretty sure that the Magic has that problem. Um, so picking up extra picks. So turn your pick into multiple picks. Is what you're saying? Or get or pick up another selection by uh, by trading a player or something like that. Yeah, that's possible. There are some teams that have more players than they know what to do with, and that's where it doesn't necessarily require, like if you've got a full roster and you have a draft pick, one of the things you can do is draft a European player that's not ready to come over just yet, and then you stash them. That way you don't worry about a roster spot. You could also trade back. You could trade out of the draft, which is something that we saw uh, OKC do with Denver. They were able to to turn a first-round pick uh, and second-rounders this year into, or a second-rounder this year, second-rounder next year, first-rounder next year, into... um, future draft picks into, I think it's a 2029 first. So there's other moves that teams can make beyond just, well, we got to give away some of these picks. Um, But trading away some picks is certainly a possibility. So if that's something that the Lakers can take advantage of, great, go for it. But it's not always cut and dry. It's not like these teams are just, oh no, they've got more picks than they have room for. They're in huge trouble. They're going to have to give away those picks for cheap. That's not necessarily always going to be the situation. There's other things that teams can do with those draft picks in order to to move them and actually get decent value. And again, especially if it's like a late first, if it's a second round pick, pretty easy to take a gamble on an overseas player and then just keep them overseas for a season or two until your roster log jam is cleared up. What's the word on Kevin Porter Jr.? Rockets have an overload on guards. And or Buddy Heald, is he available? I think Buddy Heald will be available. Again, one year left under contract at about $19 million. I think he'll be available. Kevin Porter Jr., I don't know. I mean, the Rockets seem to like him. He has big scoring outbursts from time to time. But he's, I mean, like a lot of guys on this Rockets team, they're just kind of young. Wouldn't shock me if he's moved, um, if James Harden does indeed come to town. But he's a name to keep an eye on. There's... Over the years, there have been some maturity questions. I like his game, and we'll see what happens with him. But I think Buddy Heald is more of a certain to be, to be on the market. It's possible Houston just says, you know what, this is a guy that we want to hang on to. Mark, what are the chances the Lakers buy some picks and keep their own picks? Well, the last couple of years when the Lakers have wanted to buy picks, that's meant giving up a second-round pick plus cash in order to do so. So they've given up future seconds. If they see a guy they really like that is slipping, it, I wouldn't put it past them to buy a pick, but remember they've got 47 this year. I would imagine they'll probably just hope for somebody to drop to 47. It's not like last year where they had no picks and they wanted to get into the draft in order to get somebody like Max Christie. Um, and so they bought their way in, but it cost them a future second to do it. So that's the big question. Do they see an opportunity at the right price to get in? If they do, 
They'll trust their scouting department. And remember, the more cost-controlled contracts you have, the better. Uh, but a lot of teams are going to realize that. So I think that these later round picks, these late first round picks, these second round picks, they're going to go up in value and they're going to be more difficult to get. Oh, whoa, Bert said B's and 17 for Cam Johnson and Royce. I don't think that gets you even Cam Johnson. Um, yeah, I don't think that gets you Cam. I, I think the Nets are going to want to resign. And by the way, Cam Johnson is, is not tradable. He's out of contract. He needs a new deal. So that's not going to work. I'd love him on the Lakers, but... I don't think that's enough value for him. Julian, would Lakers Nation welcome... Oh, no! Would Lakers Nation welcome Villain Brooks? Dylan Brooks, obviously not for $20 million like he likes, but I remember a time where I hated Ron Artest too, only to love him a year later after he helped Kobe win ring number five. Can Brooks help Ron win ring number five? You never say never in the NBA. I mean, Lance Stevenson and LeBron played on the same team, and Lance was kind of that LeBron antagonist at one point. So it's not unheard of. You mentioned the Kobe and, and Ron Artest thing, also a thing. But yeah, I don't... You need shooting. You need shooting. And the Lakers, part of the Lakers' best defense against Memphis was Villain Brooks' offense. He was terrible shooting the basketball. And so that's the issue, right? Where Brooks is so not the shooter that the Lakers need. So it makes it tough to spend the kind of money you would need to spend to go get a guy like Dylan Brooks. Um, again, you need some help on the wing, and, and he's he's a good defensive player, but I think you've got bigger needs than that, particularly if you're set on bringing back Rui Hachimura, which I think they should be. I don't think he's a fit. I, I don't think it's worth dealing with everything that comes with Dylan Brooks, particularly for the Lakers. If the Lakers didn't have Rui, badly, badly, badly needed a wing defender, didn't have Vando, right? Maybe you can talk yourself into it, but given the current structure of the Lakers roster, I just don't think it's worth it. I don't think it's worth it. Eric, how about Kyle Anderson or Drew Timmy? I mean, how you're getting those guys, that's the question. What is it, what's it going to take to get there? Uh, Johnny, how is Lillard the greatest blazer ever? He's never been to the finals. Longevity. He's been a blazer for a long, long time, and he's led them through a number of huge moments. Um, look, I'm not saying it's not something you can argue, but I think the longevity of Damian Lillard with the Blazers and how many big, unforgettable moments he has, I think that kind of thing matters. I think that matters. And so that's why I've got him at the top of my list. Uh, last one we'll do here. Michael said, so should the Lakers go after Fred Van Vliet after he's going to free agency? Lakers need a three-point shooter. I like, you know, like D'Angelo Russell, Fred Van Vliet seems to be very polarizing where people either, either love him or they hate him. And a lot of it is in context of D'Lo. People who like D'Lo don't want Fred Van Vliet. People who want Fred Van Vliet don't like D'Lo. But I think Fred Van Vliet has had the better career than D'Angelo Russell. I think he's been a better defensive player for his career. I think that's something that matters. Now, last season, he was not very good defensively or shooting the three. His shooting percentage was not good last year. If you're going to get Fred Van Vliet, you are making the bet that last year was an aberration. Last year is not indicative of who he is. No, the years all leading up to that are more of an indication of who he is as a basketball, basketball player, which is a fairly efficient three-point shooter. He was a really good catch-and-shoot three-point shooter at one point and a really pesky, good defender we didn't see those things out of him last year 
But again, if you're going to go after him right now, you're betting that last year was not really who he is and the seasons past are, and that's what he's going to return to this next season. Um, if you don't buy that that's who Fred Van Vliet's going to be, then you're not going and getting him because the price tag is going to be too high for what he was this last season. If you think what he was last season is what he is moving forward, you're not going to be willing to pay what it's going to cost to get him. So I don't mind going after Fred Van Vliet, clutch sports guy, but at the price, the Lakers have to be really, really sure because I think he's going to get like over $25 million. At the price, you have to be certain that what he was last year is not who he really is. And so if it comes down to it would cost you $28 million for Van Vliet or $18 million for D'Lo, and I don't know what the actual cost of D'Lo is going to be, but if it's $18 million for D'Lo, I'm probably doing that $18 million for, for D'Angelo Russell and then building it. Because there's going to be a domino effect on the roster, you can get some other players with the money that you're saving there. That's probably my choice. But again, it's going to depend on the years on the contract, the exact money, all of that is certainly going to matter. All right, everybody. I appreciate all of you joining me. Of course, we have our AMP live show tomorrow. That's going to be, again, Tuesday, noon Pacific time. You can join me over on AMP on the app. Just find my name, at Trevor Lane, and subscribe to the show there. Turn on notifications, and you can call into the show. That's our radio show. Tuesdays, Thursdays, AMP at noon Pacific time. Come join me for that. Uh, Wednesday, we'll be back with another YouTube live show. That will be taking place, as always, at 8 o'clock Pacific time. So join us for that one. And then, of course, throughout the week, we're going to be keeping you up to date with everything going on in the world of the Los Angeles Lakers. Expect plenty of news, plenty of rumors coming out. Now that the finals are over, I'm expecting the dam to burst and to get a lot, a lot of news about the NBA offseason, the Lakers, who are they targeting, what are they looking at in the draft, free agency, all that kind of stuff, trades, lots of stuff coming out. So again, make sure you are subscribing to the LakersNation.com YouTube channel, of course, the podcast feed over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.